So, some very talented and some very gifted students, and we are thankful that you are a part of Pooler Bible Church, and we want to celebrate you guys this morning, and uh, just thankful that we could be a part of your life as you continue to grow. Uh, let me kind of transition into the message just a little bit, and I would expect uh, claps and cheers for every point that I make this morning also. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it, it's, it's uh, one of those things where we look at this, and this is a great achievement for every one of you guys that walked up here. Now, how many of you are high school graduates, okay? How many of you were the first high school graduate in your family? Anybody? Okay. Uh, college graduate. How many of you are college graduates? How many of you were the first college graduate in your family? Man, neat. How many of you have master's or doctorates or PhDs? Anybody? Okay. How many of you were, that was the first in your family? So I, I love the fact uh, I actually have a master's in uh, theology and ministry, and uh, I love this uh, fact because my dad has what's called an honorary doctrine. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but mine is earned, okay? Uh, so me and my brother go back and forth, and we talk about it from that perspective, and my dad hates it when we bring it up at family functions, uh, but we do have earned master's degrees where we actually fulfilled those. Uh, but it's interesting because this is a great achievement. This is something that is uh, something to be celebrated. And so this morning, I want to talk about a few things that are kind of the chains of success. But before we get there, uh, I was reading an article in this last week, kind of studying this, uh, and it was talking about the greatest achievements in life. And so it was from a very theological uh, newspaper called the Antelope Valley Times. And uh, so within this, this news organization did what was kind of the measured achievements. What are the things that if you achieve these, you've achieved something incredible in life? And the first one is starting a small business. Now, when you think about starting a small business, they say that the boldness needed to do this is a big deal. When I think about starting a small business or starting something like this, uh, it takes a lot of risk. It's a good possible reward, and it could be a game changer for your whole family. And I think about this from the perspective of Don Tyson. Uh, Don Tyson had chickens and realized that everybody in the world would want chicken, and so he began to talk to his chickens and say, hey, girls, let's do this worldwide. And so now he's one of the largest providers of chicken in the whole, I know, that's all. If you don't have chickens, it really doesn't make sense, but I have chickens and we talk. Um, so it, it's one of those things. Uh, but starting a small business, this could be a huge life change for your family. We'll talk to the counselor afterwards, but... Second is getting a college degree. Listen, this is a big deal still today. Most people celebrate this as one of the greatest achievements that you can accomplish in your life. Now listen, college education has changed a little bit where the price of this is so expensive that in reality your degree needs to be measured with what your uh, job and what your career field is actually going to do. And so I, I want to challenge you this morning to make sure that the fields that you're going into will allow you to pay back that degree and to be successful financially moving forward. And so this is kind of a big deal in what we try to accomplish. The next is paying off a house. Now, anybody in here have a house that's completely paid off? Good. And that is an incredible achievement. Listen, this is a 30-year commitment. This is something that I cannot wait to send the last check and write this note. Don't ever bother me again. Right? Just... 
hey, leave me alone. Don't, don't expect anything, don't want anything, but to pay that off is a big deal. Our stuff is set to where somewhere between the ages of 62 and 65, everything that we have will hopefully be paid off. And so this is a major commitment. When you sign on that dotted line, you are in a relationship with a bank for somewhere around 30 years. And so that's a big deal that is a big accomplishment. Now the last one, and I think they got this one kind of right, uh, but they said having a successful marriage and raising children. Now listen, this is a huge success. And I'll be honest with you, by the numbers, this is the most difficult out of all of these that I've listed to accomplish. When you think about everything that goes into this, everything that goes into marriage, and listen, I am blessed with a wonderful wife and two wonderful children, and I am so thankful for that. But listen, this is the hardest thing that I've done in life is to begin to love my wife and learn to raise my children because I don't know about you, but if you have daughters, you're just broke. Anybody just, do all kids do that or is it just a special daughter's thing? Okay, good. They all do that? Okay, good. I don't know. I don't have boys, uh, but it's just crazy to think. And so I think about the work and the achievement that my wife and I have been married uh, 18 years, almost 20 years, and I look back and I think about the early days. And so the other day, I was actually uh, going on a little ride in the farm truck, and I text my wife and I said, ma'am, I really remember, and I wish that you were with me because I remember when you sat in the middle seat. Anybody with me? Man, she used to sit in the middle seat and I'd put my arm around her with this and drive with this and it was the greatest days of our life, amen? But listen, I love her way more now than I ever did back then. And so we've learned to grow in those. So every achievement takes work. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy. And so this morning, I wanna talk to you about biblical success what it means to actually succeed scripturally. Now listen, the world is gonna throw a lot of different things about you and as great as paying off a house and getting a degree and all of these things can be, God's standard for biblical success is completely different than what the world's standard is. And so when you think about this, I wanna give you the illustration of a chain. Now, a chain that's linked together continually is a very strong tool. Now. If you were to be stuck in the back parking lot this morning and the mud came and everything like that, you wouldn't go ask somebody, hey, do you have a bungee strap? I need to pull my truck out. Now, if you do, I would like to video it. I'm just saying. You don't go, hey, do you have a t-shirt where we can tie these two trucks together and try to pull it out? You don't go, hey, do you have a couple of rubber bands that you can help me out with? What do you say? Hey, do you have a chain, something strong enough, a toe strap, something that will actually pull somebody out? And so this is kind of known to us as the strongest thing. A chain is to move heavy operating equipment. And listen, the way that a chain is forged together is this incredible picture of steel being molded together. And as it's built link by link by link, it is built to be strong. So I want you to think about this this morning from that perspective. What are the chain links that you're putting together? And listen, this is to our, our younger generation, but I, I want you to understand some of you have built chains in your life and they're failing because you're not building them on the right things. And so I wish that I understood this at my high school graduation in those years of what it meant to genuinely build strong chains. 
So why is this important? Why is this something that we would hold to is such great importance? Here's the, the statistics, and they're staggering. Data from the Southern Baptist Convention indicates that they are currently losing 70 to 88% of their youth after their freshman year in college. Did you get that? There's a gasp that should be in this room. 70% of teenagers involved in church youth groups stop attending church within two years of their high school graduation. Listen, as a youth pastor, this is something that just continually plagued me and continually haunted me. As a pastor, this still concerns me because some of these kids, some of these students, I've known since they were little. Camden, who's not here, I actually knew him in his mother's womb. At church camp, they were doing stunts. Derek would actually put Misty up in one hand, and I'm going, she's pregnant, bro. Please don't drop her. And it may explain why Camden is the way that Camden is. But he's not here to defend himself, so we can pretty much say whatever we want to. But I think these kids that I've seen grown up, these kids that I've seen over and over and over and over, now I'm concerned that you would stay with the faith. Listen, I hope that as parents, I hope that as a church, that we have invested in you to that point. Another statistic that comes with this, a majority of 20-somethings, 61% of today's young adults had been churched at one point during their teenage years, but they are now spiritually disengaged. This is done by Barna Research. Imagine that 61% of 20-somethings have now stepped away from the church. Another statistic, 63% of teenagers, teenaged Christians don't believe that Jesus is the son of the one true God. Catch that. 63% of teenaged Christians, followers of Christ, 51% don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. 68% don't believe that the Holy Spirit is a real entity. And only 33% of churched youth have said that the church will play a part in their lives when they leave home. Listen, this is scary. This is something that is taking place at a rampant rate. Listen, if you're like me who has a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, you're looking at these statistics and saying, I need to make sure that my children have the keys, have their chain completely built strong enough to be able to withstand this. Listen, if you know that in college and and these years are going to be tough years, You're going to run into professors that are going to challenge you in your faith. And for the very first time, they're going to disprove everything that you knew. The reality is that if you are not strong enough and if you haven't built the right chain, you will be one of these statistics. Listen, every one of us in here could name names of individuals. And listen, I've had youth ministries for years. I've watched these students that are not engaged in church over and over and over and over again. And so I look back and I say, how can we build this correctly? So listen, as students, as you are forming this chain, as you are putting the links together, I want to give you some key links in this chain. And for those of you that have graduated and those of you that are in your careers and those of you that are going in whatever direction God has called you to do, maybe it's time for you to revisit the key links of your chain. The things that are of most importance, the greatest things that would come with that. 
So this morning, I actually have chains on my property, but I wanted to bring them, but they're all rusty. Does anybody have a chain that's not rusty? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Are they just brand new? Anyway, uh, so this morning, I don't have a chain to share with you, but I have pictures of a chain that will help us understand the link that comes with this. So I love that in 1 John chapter 5, we give kind of this key understanding of the things that come with this. So I love that the tagline for this, if you have your Bible, if you've read your Bible, there's a tagline that comes with 1 John chapter 5. And the title of this chapter is this, Overcoming the World. Now, I want you to just be honest. Anybody in here like to win? Okay, three of you. The rest of you are losers, okay? Sorry. Listen, it doesn't matter if we are sitting at a stoplight and you begin to go, I want to win. I drive a Camry. I still like to win in a Camry. Listen, the reality is I love to win. I love to win at anything that I do. And this is a harsh thing within my kids' lives because they've never won at anything that they've played against their dad. Because I will foul them and cheat. No, that's not those things. But it's crazy to think that we want to win. And scripture tells us that to overcome the world, this is what we must do. For us to build the proper chain, to build the key components, to make sure that the links are strong enough to withstand everything that you're going to go through in life, this is the key to it. So he starts with this in verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. Now, this key, this understanding, this major link in your chain starts with salvation. It's interesting that when we look at this, the reality is that nothing else matters other than this. This is the starting point, the major link, the major building block that should come with this. The greatest measure of success in your life starts with this. Have you placed your faith and trust in Christ? Listen, I want to give kind of a a sidebar or a caveat that goes with this. This is not based on your parents' God. You go, well, Jeff, aren't they the same? I tell you this, they are. But it has to be a personal relationship with you. The reality is when I went off to Bible college, I went off with kind of a misconception. I went off because everybody said, oh, you'd make a great missionary or you'd make a great pastor one day. And so I began to go in this direction. And after three years of Bible college, one year away from graduation, I threw it all away. I went and I partook in everything that the world has to offer. Why did I do that? Reality is, I didn't have Herb and Shirley in my life telling me who God was anymore. I had to come to a place where it was a personal relationship with Christ. It was something that was important to me. It was something that I needed. I could no longer look and go, hey, mom and dad, can you talk to your God for me? It had to be personal with me. Listen, this is more than just a prayer. This is more than just you asking Christ to come into your heart. This is a personal relationship with Christ. 
This is a key element to this link that no matter what you go through in this life, if you have this link, you will overcome everything that's thrown your way. Sometimes I get tired because as Christians, we live defeated. Oh, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. I don't know if you read the Bible, but we are more than conquerors, Christ says. He has given us the roadmap, the strength, the chain that goes with this is a link to salvation. This is the most important link that you could ever put together. But I come, I've come to this conclusion, this understanding that the reason that students are stepping away at a rapid rate is because they only know God through their parents. It hasn't become personal for them. So listen, this is why in this moment of freedom, this understanding of being out on our own, we have to come to these conclusions. One of the things that scares me to death is I've got a 16-year-old. And the first time that she gets in that car to drive by herself scares me to death. Can I get an amen? Do you know why it scares me to death? Because the first time Jeff Hubbard got in the car with that freedom, there was nobody to tell him, slow down. There was nobody to tell him, take that turn a little slower. There was Jeff Hubbard going, let's see how fast this thing will go. Hey, you think we can get it on two wheels here? Let's see if these tires can really hold up. For some, that freedom has become an excuse to continue to live however you want to live. Reality is the importance of this chain link for us is that if we are not founded in Christ, we don't have a strong chain at all. The second part of this is the key in this link is love. I love what he says in verse 2 and 3. He says, by this, we know that we love the children of God and we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and, and his commandments are not burdensome. Look, the reality is that love is an action. This is a choice that you make. And listen, as much as we want to believe that love is an emotion or a feeling or infatuation, the reality is that for those of us that have been married for a long time, we are no longer uh, in this emotional state, but we are choosing every day to love our spouse. The definition of this is defined by Christ, and one of the definitions that Doc gave me years ago is putting the other, need, other person's needs above your own. Look, this is the choice that we are to make, that we love others. I love that he says, every one of us that is a believer, and so the reality is one of the major links is salvation, but secondarily to that is the link of love. I love that one of the greatest things that defines us, one of the greatest things that reveals whether or not we are a believer or not is how we love others. You see, Christ has given us this. He has first loved us. He has initiated this in us, in this relationship and this understanding of salvation so much so that once we feel loved for the very first time from God, we cannot help but show that to others. Listen, you're getting ready to enter into a world 
that's going to tell you to love yourself, take care of you, cutthroat everybody, take advantage of all that you can. And the key link of success is not that. It is found in loving others. I love what he says about keeping his commandments. Anybody in here a rule follower? If you just, you love the rules that are kind of laid out before you? Okay, three of you, good. Bunch of you rebels. For some reason, we look at keeping the commandments that God has laid out for us as a burden. He says here in Scripture, John the Beloved says to not look at it as a burden. And so what are these commandments that he's asking us to keep? What is it that we're supposed to maintain? What is it that we're supposed to do? He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Listen, one of the greatest challenges that you'll ever face in life is to obey God rather than your flesh. Our flesh is weak and it desires the things of this world. And our job as Christians, a key in this link, is to obey the Lord. Let me give you an illustration. He tells us this is not to be a a burden, but this is to be a desire to us. Any of you desire to take the trash out? Does anybody look at the trash and go, I cannot wait till this thing is filled up. I'm going to tie it off in this pretty red bow and I'm going to take it out to the trash can and it is so exciting that I get to take the trash out. Anybody? Look. (laughs) But that's what he's talking about. That it's not a burden to us. Most of us are this. The trash is full. Who keeps putting stuff in this? You push down and you push down and you stomp down. Hoping that this endless abyss below the trash can will magically take it away. reality is, it's a burden. Have you ever looked at your trash and said, look at all that God has given me and I can throw away this? (laughs) Some of you are ready to take out the trash. Wait, let me finish the sermon, okay? We've got to begin to view the commandments that God has given us as genuine love rather than a burden. Look, the reality is, God's commandments are set up for your protection, for your provision, because he loves you and he cares about you. Do you understand that? So many times we look at our parents and go, I cannot wait till I'm out of these rules. Can I tell you a little funny secret? you're going to give those same rules to your kids. (laughs) No, I'm not. The pastor doesn't lie, okay? Let's just start there. It's not a burden, but a desire. I love what the psalmist says. Verse 40, or chapter 40, verse 8. 
He says, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Psalm 119, the psalmist says this in verse 24, your testimonies are my delight, they are my counselors. In Psalm 119, verse 35, it says, lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. In Psalm 119, verse 92, if your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. It's the major choice that you're going to make. Is your chain going to be strong? Is it going to be filled with love and loving the commandments that God has given you? You have to come to this question. Do the commandments that, do the commandments that God has commanded me protect me or cause me to miss out on life? For some reason, we view the commandments, we view the things that God has laid before us as missing out on what everybody else is experiencing. I tell you this, the reality is, the more that I live for Christ, the less I miss out on. Man, knowing Christ, spending time with him, spending time in prayer, reading his scriptures, he reveals so much. When I learned that the commandments were for my protection and because of his love for me, it changed my view of it. The third link in this chain that needs to be secure, the first is salvation, the second is love, the third is this, and I love how he lays this out, but your faith. In verse four, he lays this out in a framework. He says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Does that excite you? And this is us overcoming the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What does he say? Your faith. Amen. Our faith. Understand that faith is trusting in God. Not knowing the outcomes, but going in the direction that he's called you to go in. Listen, faith is not a rational thing. But every one of you put faith in your chair this morning. Faith is something that's tough for us to go. There is a God and he has desired for me to live a certain way. I love that our faith should be in Christ and knowing our hope completely rests in him. That we will spend eternity with him. Knowing that whatever takes place on this earth, we get to spend eternity with Christ. That is our faith. It's interesting that yesterday um, we put together kind of a pickup team to play in a local softball tournament. And they called me up from the, from the minor leagues to coach the team. And as we kind of put these girls together, we came to one of the games and we were losing and something happened where the catcher's glove got hit and it automatically gives the base to the person. We, we got her out, but they ended up getting the base. And the play unfolded this way. The umpire wasn't going to call it, but then the other coach asks our catcher and says, did the bat hit your glove? Little girl said, yes, it did. And as I was on first base and they were in the dugout, the coaches were kind of excited that this little girl was truthful and it had given them the play. 
One of the coaches stood up and he said, give her a couple of years, she'll begin to lie like the rest of us. I looked at the coach. I said, not these kids. He said, what do you mean? I said, for these kids, living for Christ and doing things the right way is more important than getting a call to a softball game. The guy kind of laughed me off. He said, well, when she gets older, she'll stop doing that. I go, sorry, dude, but you're missing it. Because if they were boys, they would do it. Dude, I don't know what your expectation of your kids is, but you're missing it. On a Saturday afternoon, a kid that I just met that day for the very first time was honest. And people are going to take advantage of that. Listen, they're going to tell you that your faith is weak, that your faith is in something that doesn't exist. And the reality is that God has given you that faith so that you can overcome anything that comes your way. Listen, from somebody that has lived it, from somebody that has seen people's faith shaken so much, I can tell you, Every time those that lean upon the Lord, he gets them through. So I love how he kind of finishes this understanding in verse 5. It's a simple context. If we want to be overcomers, if we want to be successful, if we want to have this strong linked chain that is continually able to pull us out of any situation, he said, who is it that overcomes the world? except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He's telling you, the way that you build this chain of success, the way that you build this chain, and as I was kind of studying this, and I was actually preaching this through this morning, it hit me. Do you know what the major website to put your resume out is? LinkedIn. Chain after chain after chain after chain. I'm sitting there going, they're pointing towards Scripture and they don't even know it. They're pointing towards the understanding that if we are linked to Christ, He will take care of everything else. So let me close with kind of an illustrative story from a book that as I was reading on this topic this week, the book is called Habits of the Heart, and it's by Robert Bela. It says in his landmark work, Habits of the Heart, the sociologist Robert Bela describes three distinct orientations that people take with respect to their work. The first orientation is to see our work as a job, a paycheck that takes care of the bills. The second orientation is to see our, your work as a career. Here, climbing the proverbial ladder in search of statutes and wealth are central. In the second orientation, the way that you feel towards your work is primarily based on how successful you are in it. If your career is waning, it may feel as though your entire self-worth is on the chopping block. The third orientation is seeing work as a calling. This sense of calling is firmly established in the life of faith. If you have received a call, then someone must have made the call in the first place, and that person is God. 
And because God is sovereign, our work isn't simply what we want to do. A call is made and we are there to answer it. And the worth of your work, therefore, is not dependent upon your own success, but rather your faithfulness to the call that God has made. Sometimes that even means that a failure in the world's eyes can be the greatest success in God's eyes. Listen, I tell you, as you venture out, maybe you're here and you've built your chain in the wrong way. The reality is, the strength of us should be built on our salvation, our love, and our faith. Look, every other chain will break. This one will overcome the world if you'll do this. Let me ask you, are you building your chain of success on the right things? Listen, a great degree is a wonderful and honorable thing. A great education is a great and wonderful and honorable thing. But without your salvation, it's just a piece of paper. Without your love for God, it's just another checked box. And without your faith, it's no chain at all. God has a calling for each of you. And it's going to take some work to build the chain of success. But knowing your calling will help you. So I ask you this morning, what are the strongest links of your chain? Is it your career? Is it your job path? Is it your bank account? What are the things that are strongest to you? And I'll tell you, they're weak in comparison to salvation, love, and faith. It's time for us to build our chain with the proper links. If everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes just for a second. I know that this message has been more to challenge the high school and the college graduates. But it's also geared for you to examine where you are in your life, where you are in your spiritual walk. To help you understand what's most important. To make sure that you're building the proper links. So I ask you this morning, what are the things that are most important to you? What are the things that you value the most? Maybe you've gone through life and feel pretty broken because you've put the wrong things in place. I tell you, it's not too late to start forming this and forging this in the right way. Look, the strength that is given to you through salvation, through love, and through faith in Christ will outlast anything And scripture says it will overcome the world. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning thankful for the opportunity to worship you this morning. Thankful that the the strongest part of who Jeff Hubbard is is his salvation, his love for others, and my faith in you. Lord, everything else pales in comparison to that. Father, I pray for these students that as they step into their next uh, achievement, 
but may their faith be continually rooted in you. Lord, as they're challenged by professors, as they're challenged by co-workers, as they're challenged by everybody, that they would be able to completely revert back to you and say, my God is enough. My relationship with him is what drives everything that I do in life. I'm not going to climb the ladder. I am going to do what God has called me to do. Father, for those that are here that have evaluated and maybe have broken links or weak links in their chain, I pray that you would help them to strengthen those. Father, may we bring glory and honor to you in everything that we do today. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Everybody would stand. This song is designed to be sang over you. But I hope that you'll sing these words with us. And when you think about the words of what this blessing is, that's the title of the actual song. It talks about for generations and generations and generations. And I hope that you are investing in these generations to make sure that this blessing of knowing Christ, this blessing of living for Christ is continually passed down from generation to generation to generation. So as you listen to this song, Allow the words to be spoken into your heart.